Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to get right to this week's episode. My guest today is a very intelligent and talented young man named Alex Membrilo. He is the CEO and the founder of Cardinal Digital Marketing. And I really enjoyed our conversation. We, we talked a lot about uh, digital marketing, about how to use different uh, marketing tactics to grow your business. But the thing that that we agreed upon and the the part of the conversation that I enjoyed the most is how to actually use search engine marketing to grow your business. And the reason that's important is because he and I both uh, came from a, a lot of the same uh, ideas and we had the same kind of fundamental uh, ethos in how we structure our agencies. And that is that out of all the digital marketing tactics, SEO and inbound Google search or Bing search or just inbound search traffic, whatever, is going to be the biggest generator of revenue. We're not just talking about like web traffic and Facebook likes and social media shares. We're talking about traffic to your website that turns into dollars for your business. And in my opinion, and also in Alex's opinion, uh, the best way to do that is through inbound search. So so with that being said, our, our conversation was pretty wide ranging uh, in the context of of search engine optimization. We talked about some of the changes that Google has made and you know how that's shown some some volatility. We talked about how even local businesses and just local contractors and small businesses can still take such advantage of some of the really simple marketing tactics that are out there to have a a, a in, have a dent on the bottom line of their companies. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Let's jump right into it. Please help help me welcome my guest, Alex Membrilo. Yeah, man, let's do it. Alex, what's up, man? Thank you so much for, for joining me on my show. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Let's, let's have some fun. Cool. So um, I love speaking to other people who own agencies, especially like uh, I guess the word success is relative, but successful agencies in terms of just scale and and scope. And the reason is because I, I always find the agency business really interesting because it's it's one of the easiest businesses to start because there's really no like cost of entry. You know, you got to form an LLC, like maybe build up a website. And if you have like a single client, then technically you're a, an agency. And and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that if you're a freelancer or whatever. But when you get to, um, you know, let's call it like the $500,000 a year mark and so on, and you start managing employees, it becomes like this real machine. And, and I, I always really appreciate people that are able to kind of take that small idea and build things one client at a time to it gets to be um, a machine, I guess, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So I'm excited to have that conversation with you. I'm excited to learn about the growth of Cardinal, which is your agency, which we're going to talk a lot about. Uh, but most importantly, I always like to kind of start at the beginning with your, your 
uh, introduction to digital marketing? Like what was, what was the first thing you did where you, you kind of caught the bug and you knew that this was the direction that you wanted to take? Yeah, good question. So I think it started for me in high school. Um, eBay had just popped up and was getting popular and my family owned a pinball machine company and I was in charge of listing everything online. And so I'd initially list the pinball machines online and sell them on eBay for my family. And then I started a website. I built a website in Dreamweaver. I actually think I coded the first one by hand with HTML, which was a nightmare because I'm not good at it. And then uh, the next one in Dreamweaver, which was kind of a WYSIWYG platform. I don't even know if it's still around. And uh, eventually I put like keywords on there, uh, like pinball machines for sale, and then uh, formed relationships with other pinball machine dealers around the country, which ended up being backlinks. Uh, and I didn't even know it at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and the website got ranked on, uh, I think it was Yahoo or Altavis. I don't remember what it was at that time, but it got ranked and started driving sales um, on search engines. And I was like, holy smokes, this is cool. Uh, I wonder if I'll um, ever do this in the future. And I went to college and didn't think about it and then jumped out of college and started the uh, agency, as you said, with like no right to do so and found uh -huh. one client and we were an agency and had no business calling ourselves a legitimate company at that time. But, you know, things have changed. So that's how it all started. Yeah, man. It was just an interest and I made money with it. And I guess because it's uh, something that's really um, interesting to me, I've kept with it, you know, throughout the years. If it's just a uh, desire to make money, I think I would have quit a long time ago. Sure. And a lot of people, I think in our day and age, the whole agency has this cool, like millennial type vibe to it with a bunch of kids working on like bean bags and, and shit like that. And like, I guess to an extent, some of that is true because you, you have a little bit more control of like the culture. But one thing that I do think is a misconception is, um, just the finances involved. Like, yeah, it is possible certainly to build a, a profitable agency, but I, I think that people get a misconception of the amount of just overhead and the amount of, of managing budgets and especially the difference between like revenue and profit when you're doing ad campaigns and stuff. It's, it's tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's a very human intensive uh, yes. business, right? So it's much easier to scale. I shouldn't say it's much easier, but things like software are much more scalable because I can go sell a million licenses and I only need maybe one more support person, right? <laughs> or two or three. If I go sell, let's say a million dollars in marketing services, then I'm going to need maybe five to six people that have to go recruit, train and ramp up. So very human intensive. Um, and it's tough to get the balance right of being aggressive on the sales and marketing front, but also being able to operationalize it with really quality work. And uh, that's where people tend to run into trouble. So it seems high, high profit until you really start doing quality work and realize that those people require six figure salaries and you need quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I agree that balance. I've been trying to find that balance. <laughs> I mean, like the whole time. So mm -hmm. it's, it's nice that you relate to it. So, um, so that's great. I, I, I did want to take a, I don't know if you remember, actually, you and I had both spoken at a conference in Nashville about a year ago. And I remember your presentation very well, um, because I was impressed with um, just the, the scope of your knowledge. You talked about a lot of things where myself, I, I think I'm a little bit more of um, just a, a, a one style. I, I really focus on just content and SEO. And 
in your presentation, you, you went through the whole gamut of different ways to drive traffic to a website, a business. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the different techniques in, in 2019. What do you think in your opinion is still like the ultimate way to not only drive traffic to a website, but to drive converting traffic to a website, traffic that actually turns into business? Yeah, yeah, that was a fun conference. That was a mental health conference in uh, in Lipsum in uh, in Nashville, and um, uh, so a lot has changed um, in terms of driving traffic uh, and how you do it within various channels. But you know, for the most part, driving traffic to a website, the most qualified traffic is still going to come from Google. If you think about it, uh, it's it's a very different type of marketing to most things that we've been used to in the past, right? So you have traditional and out of home where I'm going to serve ads on a billboard, TV, radio, newspaper. And I don't know if you're really interested in that. However, Mm. uh, when you go to Google and type in, uh, uh, I need a painter in Nashville, then I actually know you need my services, right? And if I serve you an ad or I show up in maps with great reviews or I'm in organic, then I'm likely uh, to land some great customers. So, Um, those tactics are still what is most relevant and lucky for us, Tim, it's kind of job security that things are changing all the time within those uh, arenas, but we shouldn't be fooled by the latest trends in voice search and social media advertising. Like if you're a small business, you still need to make sure you're showing up in Google with great content first, run ads second, then look to social media and any kind of innovation after that. I 100% agree. I especially for small businesses because it's if if you're talking about location search all like you can really build your entire life around one good keyword that is geolocated you know i i forget the example you used i think you said a painter or something like that but if you just show up in in the local pat for a map map search i live in nashville for painters in nashville you really will have phone calls every single day and, and more business than you know what to do with. And I think for small businesses, it doesn't take it. People think SEO and they think it's some crazy like techno coding hack science. And like, yeah, there's some, some technical elements involved, but a lot of it is, is just about sort of like consistency and discipline and, and common sense. And I, I can't advocate that enough to small local businesses. Just get your local search on point and, and you'll be, you'll be killing it. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and like you said, it's really not that complicated. Like for my small business owners out there, you don't need an SEO company or agency. Go to Upwork. If you want to get a good foundation and find somebody here in the U S that is in a 30 to $60 range and get their advice on what you should do. You'll find that it's quite simple and you didn't need a $2,000 a month engagement with an SEO company. If you're just getting started and we believe in it so much, like I built my business on showing up in maps and organic. You type in Atlanta SEO company, we're usually first in maps and first to third in organic uh, for the last 10 years. You know, I've tried to hold those rankings because it's built my company. So um, we believe in, I don't know, what do you say? We, we eat the food we cook or sure. we wear the shoes. We, I don't know, whatever the fuck, but, uh-huh. uh, we believe in SEO cause it does work. It, it, it makes it easy too when somebody calls you, uh, I've had that exact line a couple of times where somebody says, well, how do I know this is going to work? And I'll be like, well, how did you find me? <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, what do you mean? How do I know this is going to work? And I've had them say to me, well, you were number three. And I was like, well, go with number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Great. Well, 
speaking of building your business, that's a perfect segue to kind of what I wanted to talk about. I have a deep admiration for people who are willing to take the time to build real content on their own websites. And I think just because I'm, I think because I'm a writer before I'm anything, you know, like I'm not a good designer. I'm definitely not a coder. I'm, I'm a pretty freaking good salesman, but even I think my, my salesman comes from my ability, my salesmanship comes from my ability to communicate, which I think is, is built on my passion for writing. And if people go to your website, it's extremely, extremely impressive. And, and that was really how I even found you. I was just doing some keyword research around some stuff that I wanted to rank for for my site. And you come up number one for healthcare marketing, which is, which is great. And that article that you wrote on healthcare marketing for 2019 is like super in-depth and super impressive. And as a writer myself, I know that that probably took you, well, who knows how fast you are, but most likely it took you a couple of days, maybe a week to add all the pictures and the formatting and the interior links and stuff. So one, kudos. And two, do you, like, where does that come from? Are you a writer by nature? Did you kind of force yourself to learn how to do it for your own skill? Or just, just talk to me a little bit about where that comes from. Yeah. So the, the, the initiative really from I, I'm an SEO person first, right? And so I really care about ranking for high, high volume, high traffic, high value keywords. And so if I want to rank for something as generic or healthcare marketing or medical marketing, I know that page is going to need thousands of words. Yeah. And I'm going to need lots of inbound links from blog articles related to the latest trends and innovations. So I set out to embark upon creating nothing but 3,000 plus word articles, and we have hundreds of them on the Cardinal site. Uh, over time, Google has seen that it's really high quality stuff. So they rank us for tons of long tail things and our lead volume over the last two years since we've done that has more than tripled. I mean, it's incredible the return you'll get. What I'll advise people on, uh, is you don't have to do all the writing yourself. I will build out the, uh, article structure with what I believe are the latest healthcare marketing trends. And then I will rely on marketers. Um, to do the research for me and put the words together. Someone will put the images, do some research, and we kind of combine it all. And then I work with someone else to edit and post. So I have a whole system and a team of people that help me with these articles because I also have a podcast. I wrote a book on medical marketing on Amazon and we do tons of videos and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, it takes a team to put out really high quality stuff. If you're a small business owner, don't feel you need to do the whole thing. Your brain needs to be used for the general outline and to understand the trends and convey those. But if you're not a great writer like I'm not, or you don't want to spend your time writing every word in a 3,000 word article, once again, go to Upwork and find great writers and researchers and, and put the team together. What do you think? I'm, 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 I'm always interested in people's own experience because there's so much content out there on what you should do. And then there's another aspect on like, I've done this and this has worked for me. What do you think has been more important with driving those links? Do you think it's the quality of the content, the length of the content? Do you think it's the links? Do you think it's a combination of all of it? Yeah, I think it's the quantity and the length. Um, 
quality is important. Like it needs to be readable and the material needs to be great, but we're all scanning nowadays. Right. So yeah. you'll notice in all of my articles are all like headlines and like, what are the top trends? Like it's going to be chatbots and voice search and all kinds of bullshit that like a small business doesn't necessarily need right now, but it's important to know for the next few years. So we do headlines and like, it's really Google's looking for long form articles. And when people are doing research on what to link to, they're looking for really high quality stuff, but they are not reading every word. So you want to make sure it's really good stuff, but like go for, you need to go for length and meat and, um, and make sure it's bullet pointed out. So what is your strategy to, to build links? Do you do it the old fashioned way with, with outreach? Do you just kind of rely on the quote natural way uh, for linking where if people are, are writing content and they want to source their material, you'll just naturally build links to you. Do you work towards getting them or do you just do it organically? Oh no, we're very intentional about acquiring links. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you want to scale at the rate we try to scale at, you can't just wait and sit around for people to find your content. So we will employ link builders that do a variety of different things. We sponsor a lot of charities. We uh, give scholarships on EDUs, which still works. I don't care what anyone says. If you're really going to help students, those links matter. Well, hold on, uh, say that again. So we, um, this is, this was an old tactic and people spam the shit out of it, but we, uh, we have a scholarship that we provide young entrepreneurs, uh, give them a thousand bucks to, uh, help towards their college tuition. And so we get links from lots of EDUs in high schools, um, and they apply twice a year. And I personally review all of them, grant the scholarship and it helps us get links, but we're very intentional about things like that. Um, and I'm trying to think of other things. Yeah, sponsoring local charities. We reach out with great articles like those trends articles that you found. We have link builders that reach out to other uh, marketing blogs and ask them to link if they find our research valuable, skyscraper technique. Um, and we've got like 10 other methods with link builders going full time. So don't tell Google, but we are intentional about it. Well, I don't, I don't think there's really anything wrong with that either. The, the way I the way I always looked at it is if you're trying to promote anything, you know, if you have a yard sale, right, you're not just going to put all your stuff in the front lawn and hope that people drive by and see it. Like if you do that, sure. Some people will just drive by it and see it in the same way that somebody will just kind of browse by your article and maybe link to it. But if, if you have a yard sale, you're going to go put, posters out and you're going to hang them on telephone poles. You're going to like tell people about it. You're going right. to go to, I don't know, your local corner store, or like hardware store or something and be right. like, Hey, can I put this thing here to tell people about my yard sale? So like, mm -hmm. I, I think there's a big difference between promoting content and trying to link to it for like an awareness type um, methodology, as opposed to just I don't know, getting like a spam email blast of like 100,000 people and just saying like, hey, everybody look at this when there's, there's no relevance to it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you said with the yard sale. And I'd go to Craigslist and put it on there to get the backlink. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it where you can, right? <laughs> cool. Well, um, that's fascinating. And, and thank you so much for for sharing all that insight with people because I, I do just, I think it's so important with all of the changes that go on every day and sometimes the sky is falling and, you know, sometimes like the internet is this huge open field for, for new businesses. No matter what has ever happened, it seems like the most valuable thing to do continues to be the hardest thing to do. 
which is to just reach out to people and get links. And the reason why I respect it so much is because there's no like, there's no hack for it, you know, and, and, and social media and ads and a lot of other things, you can have these great tools that do a lot of the work for you. But when it comes to outreach, it's like just good old fashioned nose to the grindstone, like one email, one phone call, one connection at a time. And I always really, really appreciate when people like put the resources to just get that done, you know, cause it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, it's like we say in racing, there's no replacement for displacement, which means the bigger horsepower cars will go faster. You have to put work into link building and into content generation. There's just sitting back and relaxing isn't, you know, it's not going to put you above your competitors because especially if you're in our space, you have to be thinking three steps ahead of every other SEO guy out there. And if you're a small business and you're a painter in Nashville, you've got incumbents that have been doing it for 10 years. So you've got to work three times as hard as them to catch up. Yeah. Hold on. Did you just say like we're saying racing? Uh, yeah, it's like a hobby of mine. You, yeah, just don't feel nonchalant about that. What do you mean the hobby years? Do you actually race cars? Well, it's like amateur stuff, you know. It's not like wheel to wheel, but I go to the track a couple times a month with a with a car. Um, yeah, it's like a we have a car club, my friends and I, and um, it's a good way to release adrenaline from sure. built up from running an agency because when you're going. <laughs> You're going like 110 around a corner. There's not like I can't think about the deal we just lost or the employee that might quit. Like I have to fucking hold on to the wheel and uh, hope that, you know, I make it around the curve. So it's a really good adrenaline uh, release, I guess. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I love that you brought that up. I've always said that one of the reasons why I've been good, I mean, I, I think I've done a good job, but who knows what other people think. But um, besides the point, I guess, but one of the reasons why I've r- running an agency is very, very mentally taxing, like dealing with employees. And I shouldn't say dealing because it's a pleasure to work with everybody, but managing different personalities, managing different clients, managing expectations, and no deal is, is quite the same. And you have to keep track of all like the little idiosyncratic, um, nooks and crannies to every account that you bring in. And so it's, it's very mentally taxing. And I always say that one of the most important things that you can do if you're a business owner of any kind is just have some kind of release like that. And I've been a pretty avid like fitness person my whole life. And I think for me, it's, it's funny because it's so simple, but the rowing machine kind of does that same thing. When you when you said when you're going around a corner at 110, like you don't have space in your brain to think about any of the stuff that you were thinking about before. It's just completely in the moment. This is where I am. There's no possible way. There's, there's nothing left in my mind to, to, there's nowhere left for me to be other than right here, right now. And like, man, I, I think that shit is really, really important, especially for our, our culture now that just is obsessed with like, you know, Hashtag hustle, hashtag no <laughs> sleep and stuff. Dude, I'll tell you what, we launched a huge initiative over the last few weeks and not sleeping over the last two weeks, like it's bullshit. I agree with you, like go hit the rowing machine if that's your thing or find, find whatever it is. Fitness is huge. Like if you can't go racing, like we can't do that every day, you're probably in the gym every morning, so am I, because you have to, you have, to have some kind of release and get your mind off things. I think everybody everybody should be hitting the weights and hitting the gym every day if possible. It's important. And, and 
I'm just 100% against this whole ridiculous hustle culture that, you know, I almost think it's like a marketing tactic. People use it as like a a marketing play because they want to convince other people that this is what you need to do. And if you're doing anything less than like you're a failure, which is why you need to watch my videos or like watch my Instagram pictures all the time. So you can see that like I'm hashtag hustling 24 seven, you know? And And I think Gary V's had to pull back from that because it just, it's like the American culture doesn't need that because we are already going at max speed to keep up with everybody else, you know? And there's a reason the Scandinavian countries are so much happier than we are. For sure. You know? And it's because their mentality towards work is so different. They work enough to live. It's not the other way around. And they have a lot of benefits that the government provides. They pay a lot in taxes. I'm not all for that. But uh, their mentality is different. And encouraging people to just work nonstop uh, nobody's gonna be happy. Your kids aren't happy. Like my wife hasn't seen me much and like everybody ends up getting, you know, frazzled. So what's the point? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you and I'll change topic soon because this certainly isn't like a, uh, a lifestyle podcast, by any means. <laughs> but you know, I, I spent some time in Germany, um, a couple months and they work hard over there. Don't get me wrong. And like, they're an extremely disciplined culture, but they, Un, like they take their rest just as seriously as they take their work. They don't see it as like, I just need a break. It's, it's like a very intentional part of their work because they know that like when they work, they, they are focused and very disciplined. And when they're resting or spending time with their family, like almost how we were talking about before, just being in the moment, they're like very, very in the moment. And I try to live my life like that, where like, I know if I, if I work while I'm working and I play while I'm playing, then there's no crossover between it. And I don't feel so frazzled all the time. That's a good point. And I'm going to try to do that more because I've seen it. It's for the last few weeks to a month, it's really been bleeding over for me. It's nonstop because I have people emailing me all the time and I don't want to take more than five minutes to email them back because they're waiting on me. And I feel this guilt, even if it's seven o'clock at night, you know, and I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, like, fuck, I got to answer my people that are in Ukraine and working on marketing things. You know what I mean? So I think the German mentality, your mentality is the right way to do it. Even if you work 10 hours a day, if you stop when you really stop, I think you can rebalance. And so I'm going to take that end of the weekend. I'm going to shut things off here today at five o'clock and just hang out with the kiddos. That's cool, man. Look, I ain't perfect at it, but I, I try, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, great. Well, look, I, I, uh, one more topic that I wanted to touch on because I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that at your core, you consider yourself um, an SEO. And by the way, I think that other things are just as important. But what, what I like about SEO is what you said, where there's intent behind it. Like if somebody's searching for a painter in Nashville, like you know that they're looking for a painting or painter in Nashville. And so like that hit is much more valuable than somebody that might be clicking on an article that's like 10 best murals in Nashville, you know, like the intent is very different. One of them is looking for a service and one of them is just kind of trying to be entertained. And so, so with that, with the, the context of inbound search being at like the forefront of what we're talking about, what are your thoughts on how Google especially, but search engines in general are really monopolizing the traffic we don't even notice it but when we go to our phones 
so many times people search things and Google's, Google's just so smart that they present the answers to you either directly on the screen so you never have to click through to a website or you click through to a website that's basically owned by Google. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, without kind of giving everybody a, a lesson on it, what are your, what's your thought process on how that is, is going down? Do you think that's like a, something that small businesses need to really be aware of and fearful of? Do you think we need to just adjust? Do you think that Google is like an evil monopoly enterprise? Give me your thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, not at all. I don't follow. Yeah, I know what, I know what you're talking about with snippets and zero click searches and all that stuff. And it is a huge trend and we did it to ourselves. Sure. Google asked for us to mark things up. <laughs> so we marked it up with schema and made it easy for them to put our content into uh, the search right there so you didn't have to click through. We marked up images so they didn't have to click through. It's really funny. Uh, but no, I'm not, I'm not threatened it. I'm not threatened by it for a couple of reasons. So one, my topic, uh, my, my articles that are uh, basically my articles, not my service pages where I actually convert people, but my articles are intended to get links, right? And people will still have to click through to read them and I'll still get backlinks. The majority of everyone's leads will come from service pages, right? So like my Nashville SEO company page or my healthcare marketing agency page. And if someone's looking for those services or they're looking for the Nashville painter, unless they're looking up some trend or topic or they have a question, like if they have a question, it's fine if they don't click through to the site, like who cares? That's okay because when they actually need to go look for a painter, they've got to click through to something. And it might just be clicking on click to call in the paid search ad, but if they go down to organic, like, and they're looking for a painter, they have to click through. And if they don't, they'll just see your phone number in the organic listing and that's fine too. You're getting the lead anyway. So I'm not too worried about it. I think everybody's got to remember one thing though. Google and Facebook don't make their money off of organic, not organic social media posts and not organic or maps. They make money off advertising. So the, I don't know how long the game will last where we will continue to be able to yeah. uh, generate the majority of our leads off SEO. I think it's still going to be viable for the next decade but like it will be, get more and more difficult as the years go on because Google's getting smarter at uh, inserting ads into everything, three to four ads in the top. Now there's ads in maps. Now the snippets can have ads if, they don't, if you don't click through. So guys, I mean, it's gonna be pay to play. We are lucky to have had Google Organic driving us high quality, cost efficient leads for the last decade, but like, let's get real, that can't last forever. It's it's an interesting dynamic to talk about. And I, I, I agree with you. I'm not concerned by it. I kind of have like weird feelings about it just because of how um, big brother, the whole thing feels to me. Uh, but yeah, with, in regards to what you said about, um, so we got to remember, like we don't own Google and we don't own Facebook. And I'll give you a perfect example. I built this website it's called Sober Nation. A lot of people in my following, they know I've been in recovery for a long time. I built this really great online community for people in recovery. And about seven years ago, we had a Facebook page with 40,000 followers on it. And man, I would write an article and I would spend a ton of time on it and I would post that article on Facebook. And then I, re I, I remember sitting on my computer and looking at the live analytics and just seeing this article blow up and thinking to myself like, man, I'm a genius, you know, <laughs> like I really figured this thing out. And then everybody knows the old bait and switch that Facebook did where all of a sudden the pages that we spent so much time building and, and communicating with our following, they just didn't have the same reach. So now like if I were to post that same exact article 
with almost 300,000 followers, like it, it wouldn't get the same kind of traction. And I'm not saying that having a Facebook page or, or having this stuff on Google is not worth doing because it absolutely is. What I'm saying is that like, you have to remember that at the end of the day, like I never actually owned that Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Facebook did. And if they want to change something, they can change it. And there's nothing that I can really do about it. And the same thing goes for Google. Like you're, you're, you're playing on Google and we're all living by the Google gods. But at the end of the day, it's their website. And if they want to do something with it, they're going to do it. So that's why I always advocate people that even though search is, in my opinion, the best way to build a business. And even though like social media is a great way to build community, I always, always advocate people to build an email list because it's the one thing that nobody can ever take from you. It's yours. It's a direct line of communication with you and your followers or your customers or, or whatever. So to me, the holy grail through all of it is a really, really strong email list. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's something we haven't done a ton of uh, email marketing in the past. We have some brands that do it with us, but that's true. That's really the only thing you'll, you own and probably why email is making a resurgence. I mean, it's the thing closest to the customers going to their inbox. It's closer sure. than search or social. So there's a ton of, there's a ton of uh, data backing your statement there. Uh, and everyone complains like Google took away my leads and shit. Well, go pay for them, buddy. Like you're lucky that they were offering that to you. <laughs> sure. I know, like, and I I guess at times I'm guilty about it, but I just remember having that realization when I lost all my reach on the Facebook page that I spent so much time building. And it was just this realization, like you said, like, wait a minute, like, this was free. There was, there was no loss in it for me. If, if (laughs) at the, at its core, Facebook and Google are what? They're ad platforms, right? So you can still take advantage of the advertising capabilities just as well. You just have to be a little bit like smarter and intentional right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to pay one way or the other. Like it takes a lot of content link building to rank in organic. Like you just shift the money towards paid if you have to. But um, I think the key to keeping up with all these trends is just to have a great marketing uh, person in your in your wheelhouse that can like keep you advised on all of these things. If you're a small business owner, like you need to go sell painting jobs. Like, don't worry about this. Go find a great ally. Yeah, I, I agree. I bringing this thing kind of full circle. Um, I, I do completely 100% advise, especially like we said for small businesses, because small businesses really have like the biggest opportunity to use inbound search to build their lives and and build their careers and their businesses or whatever. There's, you you don't need like a huge force. You just need one person that can kind of advise you do this, Mm -hmm. go here, work on this for an hour. And over time, if, if you can build that up, I'm telling you, your, your whole business will change. And I just, I wish people knew that more and I wish they took it more seriously because there's so much opportunity for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's interesting you say that the business owners that I've seen do the best are the ones that understand what needs to be done in marketing. They don't necessarily do it themselves, but they understand it pretty well. And the businesses I've seen fail around here in Atlanta, they have business owners that didn't understand the most efficient means of acquiring the next customer. They didn't know how to go get the next customer. Oftentimes that's online. Some businesses is in person, but the businesses that do best, it's really quite simple, understand marketing better than anyone else. Totally with you. 
Uh, great. Well, hey, man, uh, I know that you had to run a little bit. I, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for, for joining me. But, but before we wrap up, um, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your actual company, what you do, how you can help people, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, so we're a data-driven search engine marketing agency. We're name, our name is Cardinal. Uh, if you want to find us, I'd advise you go search for a medical marketing company or a digital marketing agency in your area. If I don't pop up on Google, I don't deserve to be found is my, uh, my mantra. Wow. Uh, but yeah, we help our clients go through SEO and search. And we've developed a really cool new medical marketing platform called PatientStream that helps our clients understand what happens with leads once they enter the practice? Did they become patients? If they became a patient, which marketing campaign drove them? Uh, and that's, that's kind of some cool new technology we've innovated. And I'm excited to bring it to market. We're beta testing it right now with a large addiction treatment network here uh, in Atlanta. And I'm hoping things pan out. Looks good so far. But uh, we're really excited about data and innovation. And uh, if you need to reach out, please do so. And, and we'd love to chat with you. That, that sounds awesome. And, and one more time, what was, so that's the initiative you've been working on? Yeah, it's called Patient Stream. Uh, and you can find it on our website. Uh, we've got a lot more information. Basically, we're connecting marketing platforms to CRM and then devising an algorithm that helps you understand like the touches that it took to drive a high value patient. Got uh, it. As you know, in like addiction treatment, like we know leads that are coming in, but we don't know which ones turn to admits and which marketing platforms kind of drove those high value admits. So we're trying to figure it all out. <laughs> hey let me know when you do <laughs> yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a minute right. yeah great well alex thank you so much for your time uh, i know that you squeezed me in here this morning I, I really really appreciate it it was it was a pleasure talking to you and, and i hope that we keep in touch all right tim i'll talk to you later great see ya Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.